Welcome to the Gay Buddhist Forum, where teachers from all schools of Buddhism offer their perspectives on the Dharma and its application in modern times, especially for LGBTQI audiences. These talks are offered freely to the world and made possible by appreciative listeners. If you would like to support our efforts to share the Dharma with underserved audiences, please visit gaybuddhist.org. There you can donate, find a list of upcoming speakers, or enjoy many hundreds of these recorded talks dating back to 1996. I'm Bill. So Bill Weber is our speaker today. He's been <coughs> here many times. He studied at Spirit Rock and has also made several films. People can see you can get them on Amazon.com. And <laughs> today, the extra research. He's going to speak on dealing with stress in difficult situations. Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, Go with me on this, please. I woke up this morning and um, I was overcome with stress. I was just overcome. Um, I've never had what I thought was a mental breakdown or a I don't even know what they call it when you um, just break down. But uh, this morning I almost felt like I was getting close to it. Um, I just sat down and I just started crying. Um, And it's funny because what I wanted to talk about was dealing with stress in difficult situations. And my my clarity around that was the way you deal with it is with this practice. Um, that's the way, it's a, it's a huge gift to me in learning how to deal with it. Um, this practice is practice that we all share in some way or another. I mean, we all just sat here for a half an hour in silence and we all just sort of paid attention to whatever was arising, you know, our thoughts, our our plans, our body sensations, our pains, our stress. You know, we all just sit and pay attention to it. And to me, that's the way to deal with this stuff. But boy, right now I don't feel like I'm dealing with it very well. And then for me to come here and speak about that, it added this other layer of stress on it that I realized when I was sitting here, a lot of my extra stress this morning was like, Fuck! Well, I'm supposed to come and talk about this, and I'm I'm not doing so well. 
Thank you. <laughs> no, no, yeah. The, the, the other thing I want to be clear about, I mean, I also realize I have a tendency to make things about me, you know. Um, and I look around the world, and my, my problems aren't so great, you know. I don't live in New Orleans um, or Africa or the Middle East or, you know, you could go on and on and on. But I don't want this to be about comparison. I want this to be about experience. Um, and my experience of stress this morning was very real. And it was felt, you know. I, so, again, I, I used this practice. I came back to the practice. And there were times I was just like shaking almost. So I said, okay, sit, feel it. What, what the hell is it? What's going on? So I just sort of sat with it. And again, it, there's an aliveness to it. There's a real, there's the aliveness to it that's, that's, that's our life, that's, that's alive with our joy, with our, with our happiness, with our fear. There's this physical manifestation of it that occurs. And what I was feeling was a real tightness in the chest, um, a, like a contraction of the skin, um, a difficulty in breathing. Um, a heaviness. Um, there's, it's, it's almost, almost a color. There's almost a darkness to it. It has a direction almost. It like pulls down. Um, so it's like, oh, this is this is what's going on. When I do that, then the the mind stuff around it about, oh my God, I have to go speak. All those other things that go on become a bit more manageable and become a bit less overwhelming. It just becomes a sense of experience. So what I'd like to do is to continue to, for me to experience and to maybe give an outward expression to this sense of experience that I'm going through and offer that as, as one way of dealing with stress. Um, and I'd also like to talk a bit about what I, what I sort of plan to talk about and go back and forth a bit. And I hope it isn't too disjointed. I had, a really good sen- I had a really good piece of advice one time after speaking here one time. I ran into my friend Jack at a cafe and he said, he said, you know, I've sat through a lot of Dharma talks and the Dharma talks that really work for me are the ones that really sort of take three main points and sort of stick there. And the ones that sort of, you know, try to hit too many more, I get lost after some point. And everybody else does too. I said, oh yeah, I'll do, I'll do three points. Well, I think I have about 18. <laughs> so, <laughs> hang with me. Um, part of the reason I wanted to talk about stress is this being September 11th. Um, and I'm reminded again... I sat on a retreat, a New Year's retreat one time, and we were all were sitting in meditation at, at, the, at midnight, and the teacher rang a bell at midnight, and it was just like, this is New Year's, you know. The, the moment that we, we, we put such special meaning into this moment, oh, it's another year, blah, blah, blah. When all of it, when all it is, it's just like, it's no different than this moment, or you know, the next one, or whatever. But we attach things to it, and we attach meaning to it. And I, you know, I, I think for better and for worse, um, so now we have this date, September 11th, that will stick with us, I'm sure, for our lives. It's always going to say, ah, oh, this is when the World Trade Center fell down. This is when, 
You know, um, America, be, America stood up to terrorism. Um, uh, this is when the Homeland Security became empowered. You know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever our connection with this particular date is. But it's also, these states, can, these states can have a lot of power sometimes, I think, because it's also a great time to reflect. What does September 11th mean to us now? What does the war on terror mean to us? Um, you know, what is our connection to, to that suffering? Um, not only was that part of what I was reflecting on and thinking about, talking about how do we approach, how do we respond, how do we deal with these difficult situations, but, you know, I was thinking about that a few weeks ago, and then Katrina happens. It, like, blows everything out of the fucking water. Sadness has a real life to it, too. Again, it's, it's a direction. It's really like, it sinks. It just sinks. I found myself for a, oh, it was like an afternoon, seething in anger over what, was going on and our and our government's response to it. And talk about life of an emotion again. <coughs> Anger's intoxicating. Anger is just so rich. And it was like fucking bush and those that Cheney walking around down there and and all that stuff. How do we respond? How do we react? How do we carry this stuff? How do, you know. So I'm posing a lot of questions and I'm, uh, and I'm not real clear sometimes. But when I do know, I'm coming back again to this one thing. This practice is a huge help for this. It really, it really helps. What do we do? We, we pay attention. We feel the aliveness of it. We recognize it. We recognize it when it happens, as it's happening. Um, we become aware of it. When I was anger, when I was in that state of anger for that afternoon, one thing I was also aware of over and over again was the awareness of my anger. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm falling to this. I'm going to it again. I'm going to this feels good. Um, this awareness that came around all of this was really helpful for me because another huge thing I want to talk about is that there's so much of this suffering and grief in the world that what I don't want to do is add to it. Um, there's enough of it. So this anger I felt around our response around Katrina and the awareness of it gave me a little bit of space and time and reflection where I don't have to go out and yell at somebody or, 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 or be nasty to somebody or uh, add to it. 
encourage you all to practice with me too. Just to be aware of whatever arises as I'm speaking. Um, you know, there could be emotions around the issues I'm talking about. There are also, you know, you can, there can be some um, fears like, oh my God, where is he going? Because um, I, I don't know. Um, whatever, whatever, just practice with, with this. And on top of this for me was last week, um, almost exactly a week ago now actually, um, one of my better friends and my next door neighbor of 10 years died um, and died at home. And um, this man had lung cancer and the cancer had spread to his brain and the spine. And he, they told him he had cancer in March and he found he had brain cancer in middle of July. And, you know, he died the day before Labor Day. And um, it was tough. It was really tough. I came back to my neighborhood, and a bunch of my neighbors had put black ribbons up on doors. And I saw that, and I just started bawling. This guy was a, was a big teacher for me. Um, he was the most amazing neighbor. He brought the whole neighborhood together in ways that I'd never seen before. Everybody in the neighborhood knew him. Everybody in the neighborhood was his friend. Half the people in the neighborhood I live in, I know because he introduced me to them. And sometimes I lived, you know, three doors down the street from him. He accepted everybody. Ages. He would hang out with the 80-year-old ladies. You know, he would hang out with the three-year-old girls. He, he was just that kind of teacher in a way. A lot of pain around that for me. A lot of pain. How do we deal with this? What's really been helpful for me in the past, again, coming back to it, this practice, this practice of awareness, this practice of seeing clearly, this practice of understanding impermanence, of really connecting with all of this is impermanent. Sometimes it happens really fast. My neighbor died, it seemed like in two weeks. We lost New Orleans overnight. You know, the World Trade Center came down in two hours or something. You know, this impermanence, it can just be so... This is it. This is this is it. So the more we can connect with this through our practice, through our sitting here, through our understanding of these beautiful teachings of the Buddha, I think the better the better equipped we are to cope with this. But you know, it's like, why am I not coping so well right now? <laughs> but then where's that judgment? that I should be coping well with this, I guess, too. I don't know. Part of what I, w I was thinking about when thinking about these issues to talk about is that who told us that these wouldn't exist in the world, that our neighbors wouldn't die, that natural disasters wouldn't happen, that, that, that war and famine and hatred 
are ugly and do, do, do incredibly ugly things. Where did I get this idea that this shouldn't be part of the mix? That this is somehow not right? That somehow this doesn't belong? That somehow I should be able to cope with this all the time? I thank you all. I feel very safe in here. I feel very um, safe in, in speaking like this. And that's a, that's a gift that you all have given me, and I, I, I appreciate that. I somehow sometimes think that, you know, For a thought, I feel my body tighten up again. Just, ooh, where's it going? <laughs> fear, fear, recognition. Hmm. One reason that had, things have been difficult for me is that I haven't been practicing lately. I haven't been sitting. I haven't been taking the time just to pay attention. I've been running. And I like run from one thing to the next. And I realize that it doesn't work unless you do it. It doesn't work unless you, we take the time to stop and say, okay, what's going on? What's this feel like? Can I look at this directly? Can I not avoid it or stop the struggle with it? I felt so much better just in the half an hour that I was sitting here than I did the whole rest of the morning. Just to be with this body, just to be with this moment, with this breath, even with the stress, just to connect with it. It felt so much better than to just be lost in this fear and, and, and anxiety and sadness or whatever. The other aspect of this, how do we respond to the situations in our life? How do we respond to difficult situations? Paul, in an email that he sent to the group, put it in a number of ways that I really liked. How can we hold the complexities? How can we reach a balance of not being closed emotionally to suffering, but not letting ourselves be overwhelmed? And again, when I read that, it was like the practice, the teachings, the, the gifts of the Buddha. How can we hold the complexities? By opening to them. You know, by touching them, by by sitting with them. And one thing that I realize that happens in this is that I was just tripping last night on this whole thought of transformation. 
the transformation that happens with this practice. Um, the fact that we can allow this stuff in, but that maybe what we put back out isn't quite the same. That we can let in the World Trade Center, but we don't put that out. That you know we can we can let in Katrina, but we don't put that out. That there's this purification process. The Tibetans have a practice that I don't know much about, but I've read about, and I love the idea of it. And this is a bit what I'm talking about. It's a practice called Tonglen, and it's a practice where you breathe in sort of the impurities, um, the grief, the sadness, the fear, um, sickness, hunger you know, whatever, you, you breathe it in and then you breathe out compassion, hope, um, love, um, life, health, all of this stuff. And again, I'm just talking from a real um, real, my understanding is very simple. because My understanding is also this is a very serious and very um, deep and, and revered practice. But in a sense, that's what we, we all do with, with this practice. If we can sit here and breathe this stuff in and hold it and then let something else out that isn't as colored and as dark and as difficult, we're purifying and, and, and we're transforming. And that's beautiful. And it was just sort of that aspect of the practice I hadn't considered so much. And it's really beautiful. Um, my boyfriend works for um, a, a county supervisor in Santa Clara County, and they had a they had their twenty first annual dinner for um, elected gay politicians and their supporters, and it was a it was at the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose. There were, and there, I don't know, there was maybe 500, 1,000 people. There were a lot of people there. And a lot of elected officials, a lot of elected officials. There's gay people in, 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 in positions all over the place. And I was thinking about this whole process of transformation in that. And in a sense, that's what's happening in the gay, gay movement in a sense. There's a lot of stuff out there that isn't so supportive of us. I remember reading after um, this last pope died, that he was a very mystical man, but one thing he deeply believed in is that the, that the apocalypse is upon us. This is the pope. And one of the signs of it was is that gay people were coming into power. Um, that along with abortion and um, um, I don't know what else. Those, those are two of the main things. Th these are the signs of the apocalypse. Um, so what do we do as, as homosexuals around this? What I saw last night is, you know, we can, we can take this hate in, but we don't necessarily have to put it back out. We, we can work and we can build coalitions and we can, we can transform this in some ways, which to me is a, is a beautiful way to respond appropriately to these kinds of situations. Um, one thing that surprised me last night was uh, they, they actually recognized a lot of the support we get in auxiliary communities that really help us as, as gay people consider things like gay marriage, consider things like equal protection under the law. 
And they had a number of people from labor unions get up there and speak. And there's this black woman who runs this, I, I don't know if she ran, she ran a labor union down in, the, in that area. She blew me away. Um, because the gist of her speech was, we can't talk about equality and be choosy. You know, we, if we talk about equality, everything's included. And so the fact that, the, that now the labor movement and the gay movement are sort of seeing this together, it's like, okay, we're in this together. And she said she was calling people in the labor movement saying, we have to go out and petition for gay marriage. And they're like, why? She goes, we, you know, we can't be choosy. If we really believe that equal protection and equal rights and, and equal wage benefits for everybody, we have to go out and, and work this way. Anyway, the other thing I felt around this is a part of this transformation thing that goes on. It's evolution. It's the hope of the world. It's, it's the hope of the, the apocalypse won't happen. The, the fact that we can take some of this ugliness in and put out something that isn't as dark. Hmm. Oh, I don't feel so anxiety-ridden right now. So, Jack, I don't know what my three points are. I just really needed to come out here and riff for a while. Um, I, did, I needed to come out here and say I suffer. And it's funny because when you sit up on this seat, at least I put the impression on here is that, you know, I'm, I'm supposedly have some skills where I don't suffer so much. Uh, doesn't work that way for me. I think what I would like to do now is open this up for sharing amongst all of us. Um, And I want, I want, I'd like to have sharing around response. Where do we find trouble in responding? Where, where do we have, where, where, are the, where are the parts that, that catch us or that, that, that are, are trouble for us in responding? One thing I've always held on to with this practice is that um, I, I believe it goes, somebody asked Suzuki Roshi, Suzuki Roshi a number of years, you know, back in the 60s, so you know what? <clears throat> sort of why practice, and he was, it's really sort of based on how to respond appropriately. And this really comes back to that, that transformation, that purification thing. Shit goes in, what comes out, you know? Um, I come back to the question, what kind of world do we want to live in? And how do we go about starting to create that world? So anyway, um, If other people would like to share about their own sense of response, or maybe some of their own difficulties about that, um, I would greatly appreciate it.
whole series of nightmares. And finally, out of desperation, um, the man who was, was who was partner, who in addition to being a paramedic, was part of a fire, um, was a fireman in, in San Mateo, called up, called up, and said, look, we're at the end. You know, we may not survive this. And that man got in touch with somebody in FEMA. The, um, the exposure that's come about with this event is pretty pretty dramatic, and I think it's going to hopefully it'll have hopefully there'll be some purification with that too. The exposure to the class system that we have, the exposure to poverty, the exposure to the haves and the have-nots on national TV for two weeks it doesn't happen. It happened. It happened, and the world saw it. You know, big. Big, brave, powerful, happy, white, rich, free, and happy America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, may this exposure. Thanks for the story. Thank you. 
war that we all feel helpless about. It got hijacked very quickly. What could have been an event that we could have learned something from? Gone. He's gone. You know, it became something else. It became a patriotic thing. Um, so I was just really stunned by the bring up something again for me, which is, how do we deal with stress? How do, how do we deal with the stress in this country, with the stress of watching this on, on television, you know? Um, I'm curious. Uh, personally, all of us. I don't let it go very well sometimes. Oh. But I mean, I, 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 I totally agree with you. Yeah. And you remind me again of the thing, one thing I love, which is this, I keep coming back to, is the Buddha said, I see you. That's it. That's it. I see. I see you. Yeah, yeah. We have two speeches here at the end. Thanks for the man in the red shirt.
problem there. I have trouble identifying in any way with this Catholic institution. How how can you how can you even discuss this? And well my guess is well my loyalty isn't to the Pope, my loyalty is to the people of the church and that's the people too and I have to be And so that's troubling for me. And you look at me saying, how can we pay taxes in America? Isn't Bush worse than What happens when you don't feel empty?
Uh, it's interesting when I hear people talk about, uh, oh, I had a neighbor and he had cancer and he died, or I had a neighbor and he had cancer and it's exciting and he's going to live or whatever. I've been through a very significant cancer experience myself, you know, and I just can't get into the drama of it, you know? I mean, it's like the drama's over for me. I actually feel more, more anxiety and drama over how my dance classes are going, or it, certainly as much as when I was in the cancer circumstance. And I'm talking about serious. I mean, I don't want to have to throw out my credentials or whatever, but I've been through a lot. And it's so interesting that you can have the same kind of bullshit go through your circuits on something as silly as dance. You know, right. whether these people are going to think I'm a good enough dancer right. versus whether the chemotherapy is going to work. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. it allows me a lot of opportunity to just kind of like let go of my own drama. And right. what I'm hearing in your talk and in many of the things that people speak about is like drama detail kind of stuff. A lot of drama detail. It's right. like, fuck it, you know? Right. Somebody challenged me last night on some amount of money I was getting on something that I was kind of sending volunteering for. And, you know, they kind of said, well, you're rich enough. You don't really need the money. And I was like, Ugh. you know, I didn't like that. And then I thought about it for two seconds, and I said, he's right. And I released all tension in myself by sending an email back saying, you know, I see your points. You're right. And I'm still excited to do the whole event that I was going to do. And I'm down $3,000 that I would have been, you know, like, big deal. Right. Um, it's just interesting. Life is an incredible roller coaster. It goes right. all over the place. And, you know, whatever one can do to kind of enjoy watching and going on the ride rather than getting, you know, tight about it, I think is the, I think that's the answer. Right. Right. No, and I appreciate a lot of those, a lot of your thoughts too. But you also realize that drama arises sometimes. You were feeling drama about whether people were liking your dance at the well, same time. Well, the issue time. is how to drop it as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's that's part of the scene. Yeah. No, I... Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I really have to thank Har for the, the segue. Um, the, the book, The Feeling Buddha, is an amazing thing. I really recommend it. Because it talks about the Sutra of Four Noble Truths in a completely um, new way. And just, I think I've got it down to a 30-second explanation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, basically, the idea is that First noble truth is afflictions, that things will happen to you in your life. And he lists 20 things that are you know, symptomatic of life, afflictions. The second noble truth is that you will have a reaction to that. It's actually not the cause of those sufferings, but you will have a reaction to some bad. Right. And the third noble truth is that that can be contained, that that reactivity can actually be contained because it arises in your psychophysical organism that can be contained in the same place. Right. Fourth noble truth, I think this is my little piece, is a is a statement of where it's obtained. Right view, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right, right effort, right mindfulness. And then the samadhi is the lotus that he sits upon and is firmly on the earth. And that it's above your energy centers and it's an energetic teaching. It's right. about the fire that comes up in response to the suffering. You can contain it here because that's where it originated. Right. This is all transformation. This is, everybody here is basically talking about this transformation. This, which this happens to be the sort of the new way I'm, I'm, my new lens for looking at this, this week or whatever. But 
Yeah, it's just you, you sort of bring it in. And, and, and you too, you're talking, you know, so you say you, do, you don't necessarily get caught up in the story of it, but you, and, but you open up to it all and, and enjoy the ride as you're going on. And, and you, and, just, and, and sort of being empty with it, so you, it can all come in, but it's like there, there's nobody here, so it's not going to attach any place. Um, yes. There's just a bit of a purification that goes on with all that. Um, I tend towards the dramatic. But I just I also want to respond that to be careful about saying that things are just stories sometimes because I would I would not go to New Orleans and say you know to these people that lost everything this is just a story you know it's don't be dramatic about this things happen that that have a drama sometimes the loss of my neighbor is a is a big deal for me there's, there's a there's a there's a a, a serious hole. At the same time, there's, and all of this just happens, there's also a real beauty amongst all of this. I mean, I talked a little bit about, you know, the beauty of seeing what America's like on television right now. Um, there's, a, there's a power to that. There's, there is a tremendous beauty around my friend passing away. Unbelievable beauty around it, just in terms of the love, connection. The other thing I, I realized around this whole occurrence with my neighbor is that we all were hugging each other, and I never go out and hug my neighbors. Um, and we all were hugging each other all week long. And it was like, this is cool. This is, I like this. You know, just to be able to respond to people like this for a while, to touch them, to care for them, and to feel that really strong. So, um, somebody else. Oh, did you, did you talk, Clint? Not, not here. Oh, please. <laughs> please. Well, I, I just, uh, I mean, I, I'm just a real jumble of emotions uh, about what's been going on. And as people you know, probably uh, are bored hearing my expression of anger or something, I don't know. But uh, the man in the red shirt, I don't know your name. Yeah. 
I volunteered to go, and it's, it's kind of like prepare for that. It's like going to a third world country, getting the tetanus shots and the typhoid shots and the typhus shots. I mean, it's, it's shocking to think, you know, going to another part of the country, uh, this country, and yet, and yet you know, the preparation is as if I'm going to some part of Africa or something. Mm. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if, if I still will go. I mean, whether they'll call me up. But I, I have a pretty strong feeling that I will be called up. And part of me really wants to do this. I, I want to just get in there just interact with people I mean, and humanize. I mean, and part of me is just because I'm going to the heart of enemy country. I'm going to the heart of country of people whose values and actions have, are, are so counter to, to my values and my actions and have created a country that, that, I, that I have such anger and, and, and despair about because these people in these areas and their values have, have, have created this country. And I, I just really need to go down there and just interact with these people, make them human again, instead of like these demons that I carry in my head. Um, and the images I see on TV and the internet have gone a long way towards that too. Um, I'm, I'm nervous about being in the, having my health compromised and, and being in really rough, you know, physically demanding situations. You know, I'm not a 22 year old kid anymore. Right. It, it goes a bit against the grain of, of, of our the flow of what we live in. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that uh, I, I really uh, respect what you're saying and that, you know, it is the answer for me as well. Uh, my deal has been lately, the stress has been um, involving interpersonal relationships and uh, things that are, you know, very important to me. Um, I, don't, I don't really get into a lot of details, but I just want to say that, you know, it's prompted me, you know, when the shit hits the fan, I do, I'll sit, you know, when it, but it has to be sometimes, it has to get to a level because I'm not consistent with it either. But when I do do that, um, I was meditating the other night and, and my boyfriend was in the room and I, and I just started laughing a, a lot. I mean, just like from my gut and, and I was, I just kept on laughing and I, 
And he goes, so why are you laughing? You know, I should be meditating. <laughs> and I was like, I know, isn't that a trip? I said, I couldn't stop laughing. And I was crying too because um, it because sometimes I, I've gotten deep enough in meditation where, where I hit bedrock and it's joy. It's just like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, this is, and it feels something like, if I had to put words to it, like, this is a big, life is like a, a big opportunity. You know, just a big opportunity. And I don't have to, I can make it whatever I want. I can make out of whatever it is. The, the strongest people that, that I most admire in my life are the ones that I can see that walk through everything in their life. And they have, you know, for the most part, they're able to maintain a sense of joy, appreciation for the for the process, for the experience. Mm. And I guess that's been alluded to by saying uh, detachment. But that just sounds so cold to me. Mm. It's a way, it's like being involved but not in, but not engulfed. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And when I watch people go through deaths and uh, losses and uh, financial hardships, and, and, you know, and I see this because, I mean, I'm in a 12-step program, so I get to watch a lot of people's processes. Right. And it's amazing that uh, people can go through that and, like, smile and say, I'm so glad that I'm sober, or I'm so glad that, um, that I'm alive today to make these amends, or whatever it might be. And that's, that's what the power of meditation does because I can go back to those spaces and remember that the underlying bedrock that I've experienced is always joy and that I can take that with me everywhere and walk through my process without becoming overly uh, engulfed by it. Yeah, yeah. Do you want one more comment? Sure, please. Plays right off of Edmund really nice too. I, it's a nice. I like ending the day on on these notes. <laughs> the morning, it's it's very sweet.
sat there, we have a conversation as soon as we finish it here. Um, there's a newsletter sign-up, there's an email newsletter, hard copy newsletter if you'd like to keep in touch with us. Um, if you use a teacup, please wash it when you're done. Um, there's a Donna Bowl. Donna is the word for generosity, and your contributions are welcome to support us. Recommended five to eight dollars more if less if. Um, sometimes people get together for lunch afterwards around 12 30. Yeah, let me rise later on if you can put your questions away. Um, I, I guess, uh, I'm also sweet to see us all connected like this. And to me, the offering of a merit is really about the connection that we do share, not only with each other, but with all beings. So may this practice that we share here, may our exploration of, of our suffering, uh, may our transformation of what we do in these difficult times and the energy we put out, May our efforts and our, and our work around this may be a benefit for all beings. May we share it gladly and freely. Uh, and may we just remember that we all want to be happy, we all want to be free, as all beings do. May all beings be happy. Thank you for listening to the Gay Buddhist Forum. If you would like to hear several new talks per month 
and be notified of upcoming speakers so you can participate live. Please subscribe to this podcast, like us on Facebook, and join our mailing list by visiting gaybuddhist.org.